now for our first guest this morning, I have Professor Thomas Fudge from the University of New England. And uh, Professor Fudge is also the president of the Professoriate of the University of New England and uh, is in here to talk to us about the recent convocation held at the university. Good morning, Professor Fudge, and thank you very much for making yourself available to come in. Good morning, Peter. Thank you. Now, the, the president of this, Professor Oriot, uh, is a very important position within the university. Can you tell me a bit about what, what is that particular organisation and your role as president? Sure. Uh, the UNE Professoriate is a local chapter of a national body, the Australian Association of University Professors. And in our case, uh, we're one of the earliest chapters. Uh, Sydney had the earliest one. And several years ago, we started to try to organize. And what this is are the senior level academics, those who hold the title of professor in an academic context. We were interested in being active in terms of not only creating a community of these senior academics, but interacting with management and with administration. And so the local chapter was formally brought together in 2020 and I had the either the good luck or the bad luck of being elected president of that body. We have an executive. There's a half a dozen of us that try to coordinate business. We have several meetings a year. We try to have some input into teaching, learning, research, and where possible interacting with members of senior management. Okay, and uh, obviously it's it's a, a body of uh, the, the senior academic staff of the, of the university. So how long have you been at uh, University of New England for? I am in my 11th year at UNE. And and your faculty, you're, you're the professor of? I'm professor of medieval history. So mm -hmm. I'm in the School of Humanities, Arts and Social Sciences. And I teach things like the Crusades, witch hunting, Reformation. I'm a historian of Christianity. And so I'm very interested in religious history and its social implications, mm. but I deal with the the times long ago, medieval principally. Now, getting back to your um, your role as president of the professoriate, um, on Friday of last week, December second, there was a convocation held at the university. Now, this is a not a, a usual uh, event, but a very important one. There's a reason for why these things are allowed to be held. What is a convocation, and what was the reason for this convocation being held last uh, Friday? Right. Well, uh, convocation is a body that's permitted under the bylaws and the governing principles of the university. Convocation consists of all current employees of the university who've been there for at least 12 months, former employees, anyone who's graduated from UNE is a member of convocation, the current council and past members of council are all part of convocation. Goes back to the Latin convocare, uh, a gathering together. Mm -hmm. Now, this has been moribund, if ever active, in the history of UNE. It just hasn't happened in 30, 40, or more years. The reason that convocation was called was because of increasing concern on the part of academics, professional staff, and other members of the UNE community over the drift and the direction that the university has been on over the last number of years, and the feeling 
that management just wasn't listening. Uh, the university is not management. People who are the bureaucrats out there who are running the university are not the university. The university, in my view, and I think in the view of the professoriate, is principally the academics and the students. That's the core business of the university, is teaching, learning, and research. And management don't do that. They don't do any of those things. If there's no students, we don't need academics. If there's no academics, then we don't have a university. You've got a corporation or a business, but it's not a university. Now, I mentioned the drift over the last number of years, and having only been here for 11 years, it would probably be unwise of me to try to identify the drift, but in my years, I have seen a deviation away from emphasis on core business. I've seen a great deal of investment in things that just aren't important. We're spending millions of dollars on things that do not, in my view, facilitate the core business of the university. Now, concerns have been raised with council, with previous vice chancellors, with previous deans and so on, without a great deal of positive or constructive result. Now, Peter, you mentioned a few minutes ago the Safe Work New South Wales report. That was pretty damning. Mm. UNE is not a safe place to work. UNE is not a safe place to study. This has implications on many people. We've got 20,000 plus students an indeterminate number of employees, and I don't feel safe either out there as a senior academic. I don't feel safe because the core business of the university has been undermined. We've become a bloated bureaucracy that is unsustainable. And I used to have regular meetings with the former vice chancellor and simply gave up after a while. I was tired of being talked to tired of not being listened to. I had better things to do with my time than to sit and listen to somebody who appeared to me to be completely out of touch. So when the Safe Work Report came down, as president of the professoriate, I was presiding over a meeting uh, two or three months ago where the issue of convocation was raised. We called a special meeting and the matter was taken to the interim vice chancellor, Professor Simon Evans, to say, look, we think it would be a good idea for you to convene, because under the rules, the vice chancellor has to convene the first meeting of convocation. And I said to him, it'd be a good idea if we could convene convocation for the purposes of having a free and open and frank discussion about the concerns that are vexing the community and many members thereof. And I'm really happy to say that he was receptive to that. Uh, he's new to UNE, he's only been here this calendar year. He was receptive, so uh, there were a lot of negotiations, many meetings uh, between he and myself. We invited the NTEU, the academic union, uh, to get involved. Lots of meetings with a working group, and happily, uh, last Friday, Convocation was convened, and as I understand it, over 500 people attended that initial meeting of the convocation. So that was a really a representative group, representation, a very good representation in your point of view of all the stakeholders that are allowed to be part of this convocation? Yes. Um, I don't know who all was there, but we had members of academic staff, <coughs> members of professional staff, students, members of the alumni, 
former employees, different parts of the world, who joined by Zoom. Some of them contributed to the convo convocation. Now, it was done at fairly short notice, Peter, mm. which means that there were some trade-offs, which I and the president of the NTEU and the interim vice chancellor agreed to. I'm sure there were lots of people who didn't know it was on. Now, one thing that's going to happen is this is not a one-off. We're going to do this again at least twice a year. And the next time, I'm very hopeful that we can have hundreds of people on campus and those who cannot come to campus because they live somewhere else will be able to join electronically and we will continue the discussions that we started last Friday and those discussions are positive, they are constructive. I am not, as the president of the professoriate, trying to undermine the integrity of the university. But what I am calling for on behalf of my colleagues and students is for the core business of the university to be returned to the center of what the university does and to have greater transparency, greater accountability on the part of people in management and bureaucracy. And, and let's keep in mind, Peter, this is not a private institution. This is a publicly funded institution. The taxpayers, the citizens ought to be concerned about what UNE is doing with taxpayer dollars, there's the accountability. And I think we all have to be accountable, particularly those who bear the burden of leadership in management right up to and including the council. From the point of view of the safe work issue, which was the, I mean, the, the tipping point, if you like, for getting this going, do you think those issues uh, were addressed as much as they could be in an action put in place? from that meeting or you're you're satisfied that the management is putting uh, strategies in place to address these issues? I am not satisfied. <clears throat> On that matter, the safe work business wasn't really discussed specifically at convocation. I don't think it was intended to be. Yeah. But I will say this, and this will be unpopular with some people, but that's okay. Last week I attended as an observer a meeting of council. This was two days before convocation. To their credit, a number of councillors asked very good questions of management about the Safe Work Report, about strategies in place. I was not satisfied with the answers that were given by some members of senior management. I think those responses were equivocal. I think some of the comments made could be questioned, and I had conversations with other people who were in that meeting thereafter. and. We need more than talking. We need more than management saying, yes, we're going to address these things. Yes, we're going to put strategies in place. There are issues right now at UNE that have been before management for the past 18 months and nothing has been done. There are issues that have been put in writing with the appropriate bodies out there, including the interim vice chancellor, and I haven't seen anything that's happened. Now, I'm not a complainant. Mm. I'm not somebody that's put in a grievance, a concern, a complaint, and if I were one of them, I can tell you right now, I wouldn't be sitting in this chair doing nothing. And I've been encouraging my colleagues to press management. Now, everybody deserves uh, due process. Mm. 
including up to the council, the chancellor, and the rest of them. And I'm a strong defender of that. But when there are multiple complaints, multiple concerns, multiple people who don't come to work, who are feeling unsafe about coming on campus, I think the institution has to do something and lip service isn't going to do it and passing the buck from one directorate to another is only going to raise the distress that is being experienced by many members of the university community. So all of that to come back around, I'm not satisfied. Though I admit that the university will need time to address these things, to put procedures in place, and to do something about problems. So I think we have to be a little bit patient. But no, I don't think that the university has taken adequate steps and the professoriate mm -hmm. will continue to have an interest in that and continue to constructively interact with senior management to make UNE a healthy, productive place to study and to work. So you're basically saying that really the University of New England doesn't have the, the appropriate structures in place to address the work health and safety issues that, are, that um, have been identified out there. Well, you, you know, Peter, uh, there's a question about the staffing that we have. Mm. We have a number of issues at UNE where we have an insufficient number of employees. We don't have enough resources. Uh, and it could be that this area also needs some bolstering, though again, I don't want to be unduly critical of management because they have taken steps in the last few months to appoint new people. Um, I think that means putting resources into those places. So there's a bit of a lag, mm, but I think yeah, we need sure. more. Yeah. We, we need more attention to the core business. I mean, when when students, in terms of enrollment and progression, can't get the kind of prompt professional attention. I'm not going to get on the phone as a student and wait for two hours to talk to somebody. I'm going to go to Sydney. I'm going to go to Melbourne. I'm going to go anywhere but UNE. Mm. And this is what I mean when I say a redeployment of resources. And some of the nonsense, and I'm going to say nonsense, that we've been funding, future fit. What is that future we're trying to fit into? Job ready. What does this mean? It's empty rhetoric. Mm. Um, the university always needs to be reformed, but the safe work report, I think university's taking it seriously, but what I want to see is some action. Mm. Yeah, there's been calls uh, from a number of areas for the, the chancellor to, re to resign. Uh, there's been wearing some of the responsibility for the issues. Um, what's your view there? Well, I think it would be improper to single out James Harris as chancellor and say he's to blame. However, when you are the chancellor of the governing body which is responsible under the act for the running and the administration of a corporation, the burden of leadership sometimes is very heavy. Mm. Um, there are people who would like to see the entire council stand down to be dismissed, let's have a new council that have not been complicit, that have not been involved in the appointment of highly questionable people in the past, uh, including the former vice chancellor. Uh, there have been people who have occupied high positions who have never been held appropriately accountable. Hmm. 
and the money, Peter, that have been wasted on payouts and common law contracts and allowing people to be promoted to the level of their incompetence is frankly shocking. And again, I repeat, this is a publicly funded institution. People like you and people in the community should be concerned about the lack of accountability, the lack of transparency, and sometimes the shroud of secrecy that envelops people who take on these positions. Mm. How do they actually get promoted? Some of the procedures and processes are not open. Uh, you've got people appointing their mates, people who have been fired from other institutions. Where's the due diligence of looking into the past of some of these individuals? And we're not talking about people making fifty or a hundred thousand dollars a year. We're talking about people making several hundred thousand dollars a year multiplied by X number of management people. The university is drowning in a bloated bureaucracy. I'd really like to see an active council say, let's rein this in. Let's have a safer workplace. And part of the safety is stop frivolously spending money on overpaid bureaucrats. And the other thing is spending money on external consultants. We've got an enormous wealth of expertise at UNE, and it makes me wonder why members of senior management appear to be spending their time hiring people to do their jobs for them. Yes, so, so where to from here with the, uh, we've got the holiday break coming up, so it's, it's going to be, and a very important uh, enrollment year looming in the next couple of months. Um, HSE results coming out in the next week or so. Mm. Um, this is a very, very interesting whirlpool of uh, issues um, really swirling around here. And my concern is that, uh, and, and I don't have any issues with what you're saying there, that if there's things that obviously need to be addressed, uh, our, this community here can see that, and obviously um, anybody associated with the university can see that. Um, that there's a lot needs to be done, but how do you do it without making the university look dysfunctional in the eyes of the wider community and not a place to go to? Well, the university could address that situation themselves. Mm -hmm. In the past, Peter, I am reliably informed that council have often said, well, we didn't do anything because the specifics never came to us. So yesterday, less than 24 hours ago, I authorized a sending to each and every member of the University Council all of the remarks that were made formally last Friday by myself, my colleagues, the president of the NTEU, etc. We wrote all of our comments up and they've been sent to every member of Council. So Council cannot say, well, we didn't, we didn't get that information, we don't know. So we've put some things on their desk in front of them and I would like to say to Council, I'm part of the University. I chose to come here. I have chosen to devote the last 11 years of my life to UNE. I go to work every day, and I work every day, and I'm not trying to undermine. I'm trying to encourage mm -hmm. you to make the place a better institution. And I don't want to see UNE dragged through the mud, maligned in the media, but if that's the tactic that we'll have to take in 2023, then I guess that'll happen. But I would like for the council to sit down and sit down with some of the stakeholders and say, what can we do? How can we do it? 
we're looking to them, and if they can't do it, if they will not provide leadership, then have the decency to resign. Have the decency to stand down, stand aside, because there are people in our community who could step up and who could provide the essential leadership that UNE desperately needs. And I hope, Peter, that 2023 we turn a corner and that a year from now maybe we'll have another chat like this and I'll <laughs> say, well, boy, a year ago I had questions mm. and 12 months later I feel really good about my employer, about my university. I feel really safe. I feel fulfilled. I feel like my leaders are accountable and are good, decent men and women of integrity. It's up to council to put that confidence back into the university and back into the community. Are you confident that'll happen? Or are you at the stage where at the doorstep and hoping the door will open and it will progress that way? Well, I'm hopeful. Yeah. I, I want to say I'm hopeful and I would like to say that the interim vice chancellor, Professor Simon Evans, has so far, to my satisfaction, in the past three months where I've had quite a bit to do with him, has demonstrated himself as a man willing to listen, a man of integrity, a man who has not gone back on anything that he has promised so far. So I feel hopeful that uh, he will continue to provide that kind of leadership, and I hope that some of his colleagues and subordinates will take a page from his playbook and say, yes, let's talk to the stakeholders and let's not just listen. Let's actually try to take on board what people are saying because a week ago, Peter, 500 plus individuals, members of convocation, voted in support of every motion that the NTEU and the professoriate put on the table. That is a mandate. Yep. And from your comments there on the interim vice chancellor Simon Evans, it sounds that uh, that a pivotal position at the university is working very well at the moment. Well, he's only interim. Mm. Uh, I don't know what his future is, but uh, he's given me a bit more hope than his predecessors have, and so I hope he continues to do that because the position of Vice-Chancellor is really significant. It is, yeah. And so is the position of Chancellor, mm. and so are the positions of Counselors. Yes. And we need more people on Council who are academics, who are members of the community, not just business people who come up here a few times a year. Mm. The Council need to be au fait with, familiar with the community, need to know what the issues are. And so if there's anything the professoriate can do, Peter, it is that we are going to continue to put in front of each and every councillor our concerns and our suggestions and our willingness to positively and constructively work together to make UNE the institution that it once was when it was a intellectual powerhouse. Mm -hmm. And there were people that I know for a fact chose to study at UNE rather than going to Oxford. That was in the 1980s. Uh, I'd like to see people wanting to come to Armadale and wanting to earn degrees through UNE because we're an institution of high international caliber. So we have to work together to do this. Mm. And I'm saying to management, I'm prepared to step up. And I know that many of my colleagues have the same resolve. Yeah. Well, definitely, um, I think 
everybody in Armidale would share your view on the importance of the University of New England, not only to this Armidale community, the wider New England and New and Northwest region as well. So it's uh, one of the, the key institutions in the northern part of New South Wales. So thank you very much for coming in this morning. I've been speaking to Professor Thomas Fudge, President of the Professoriate of the University of New England. Thank you very much again for coming in, Professor Fudge. Thank you, Peter.